So self-confidence or self-esteem is a really important building block for so many areas of life, regardless of the path our children take in life or we ourselves, right? Self-esteem is something we want to give kids an opportunity to build. It can't be given. A lot of times I see memes and things going around that give the idea that we kind of spoon feed our kids self-esteem, that if we just tell them how awesome they are, they're going to feel great about themselves. But that's not the way it works. Self-esteem has to be built. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So there was a photo of my oldest son that popped up in my social media feed last week. The photo was 12 years old. My oldest is now 14, so he was two at the time. And it's a picture of him sitting on the couch, bright smile, cute little toddler. And what's so interesting looking back at this photo is this young child is so full of potential. And yet, as the adult, you can see it brimming, but you really don't know what it is. You start to see glimpses and hints of it everywhere but you really truly have no idea. So regardless of the age of your kids, whether they're toddlers, preschoolers, they're in elementary school, you have some tweens and teens like me, just stop and think like either forwards or backwards. If you have older kids, the potential or what you you thought where they might shine and then where they have actually ended up shining either as you expected or maybe in ways you didn't expect. And then just start to see what amazing talents they have already. So looking back at my son at two, I knew he was very intelligent. He started talking extremely early. He was full of ideas. He was extremely curious. He was picking up cognitive concepts like math and language extremely early. One-to-one correspondence, letters to sounds. He was reading and writing very early. What's so interesting is now he's like a total math kid and he really doesn't like to read. (laughs) So that's definitely interesting. He's an excellent student, which doesn't surprise me at all. We learned at five that he was quite gifted in swimming. He was progressing extremely fast in the pool. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know a lot of this about him already. Same with my daughter, actually. She was jumping in the pool at three years old and she couldn't even swim, but she would kind of scramble her way back to the edge. So you can start to see these talents that they have. What's interesting is he had definitely had a lot of talent for swimming. 
but he didn't love it, even though he swam from the age of about five or six all the way through 12. And he went to Junior Olympics several times and many other age group championship meets that he made cut times for and then just decided he was done. What has surprised me about him is that he has turned out to be an excellent musician. I just never saw him as someone who might be able or be interested in music or being a musician. He plays both the violin and the piano. He picks things out. He figures out chords. He figures out how to play multiple notes at the same time on his violin. He picks up new concepts. He either plays songs that he hears or he will actually compose music. So just a complete surprise. Also, as I've shared a lot lately, he has decided and realized he wants to be a pro tennis player. Absolute surprise. Never would have crossed my mind at two. And again, at five, I used to laugh because he wanted to do basketball with his friends from school. He played for the little elementary school team that his school put together. It was so cute, but he was not a basketball player, but he was swimming at the time. And I remember saying to people, I was like, he's just not a land animal. He's really a water animal. He should be in the water. But, you know, I wanted him to do whatever he wanted to do. And that was fun for him. And it was just cute and fun to watch. But now here he is, like he's so amazing at tennis. So we just have no idea where they're going to bud, where they're going to bloom, how they're going to bloom in just completely unexpected ways. So I want to, I'm going to talk about this analogy for a second, because this is something I heard a long time ago, and I haven't shared this before, is that I have heard a sculptor, I believe it was Michelangelo, who said that he doesn't decide what the sculpture will be, the stone or the marble talks to him and tells him what it wants to be. It's his job to free it from itself, from the outer layer and set it free. And this is how I have seen my job as a parent. We have no idea what our kids are going to become. And so our job is to give them a solid foundation, a solid base, but they tell us who they're meant to be. And so it's our job to help sculpt them, to help them sculpt themselves into who they want to be. So if this analogy resonates with you, what I like to do is I thought about a long time ago, what skills and attributes I wanted my kids to have regardless of the direction they ended up taking in life, regardless of what the sculpture revealed to me, what were the skills and attributes I wanted to make sure that I passed on to them? And then where did I want to leave them free to express and show me who they were supposed to be and where they wanted to go? So this is a really great question to think about when you have some quiet time. I know if you have little ones, you're like, yeah, when? Maybe while you're driving, maybe when you're just cleaning up in the evening after the kids are in bed, something like that. But if you get a little quiet time to sit and think about that question, it's kind of fun. So here are the attributes and ideals I want to and have been guiding my kids to embody. I want them to not struggle with so many things that I did. Things like self-esteem and crippling self-doubt. I want to free them from that. I want them to be able to cope well with life's ups and downs, which obviously self-esteem is certainly a big part in that. There's some other pieces to that as well. I want them to have a strong sense of independence. I want them to know how to take care of themselves in every facet, from personal care to the logistics of running their own household. I want them to know how to communicate their needs, their wants, their feelings appropriately and honestly with others. I want them to know that those needs, wants, and feelings matter. I want them to know how to set and honor healthy boundaries 
with those who don't respect them. So that when they do invite others into their lives as friends or romantic partners, they engage in relationships that enrich their lives. And they're not there because these people help them to survive. They help them to cope with it. They have some type of codependent relationship where they're in a relationship because they need it to help scaffold them up in life. I want them to be able to stand on their own feet strongly so that they have people in their lives who also hold themselves up strongly and they only just enhance each other. I want them to have people in their lives because they want them there, not because they need them there. I want them to understand how to take responsibility for the choices they make and therefore the outcomes of those choices. I want them to understand they have a lot of power over where they are in their own life at any given time, especially as they get older. Following on to that, I want them to understand where they have control and where they don't. For example, I want them to understand they have control over their own processes, their choices, and their reactions to their choices and to other people's behaviors. But they don't have control over other people's processes, choices, behaviors, and reactions, and they need to know how to separate those out. I want them to feel a deep sense of connection with their own internal guidance and not feel like there are expectations on them for any particular path, such as a career or where and how they live. I want them to know what pursuits bring them feelings of joy, meaning, and fulfillment and have the courage to follow those. Now, you may have some of these exact same goals and desires for your kids, or you may have just a few. But what it really comes down to for me, honestly, is that first, I struggled a lot early in my adult life, and I didn't want my kids to have to do that because there's a lot of things that I did. I followed the logical, quote unquote, logical path and the expectations of others. But then I was miserable. I made a lot of money, but I hated my jobs. I lived for vacations and weekends, but I spent my weekdays just trying to get through. Now, I know it's possible to live a very successful life, making money in ways that feel way more in alignment with joy. So I want this for my kids. I also struggled with responsibility, both in taking care of basic adult needs and tasks and responsibilities, but also in taking responsibility for my choices and outcomes when I was a young adult. Lastly, I had no idea what healthy relationships looked like or felt like. I was very codependent and it took a lot of my adult life to figure that out and get that straightened out and get to that place where I can have very healthy relationships and healthy boundaries and be in relationships only because I want to be, not because I have a need to feel loved and wanted. I want to spare my kids from a lot of the lessons I had to learn the hard way. Now, I'm sure that I won't do everything perfectly. I'll surely miss an important or helpful piece in guiding my kids. But I also know that they will leave home well-equipped to manage themselves, their lives, their relationships at a very high level. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 
30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. So I'm going to talk about the building blocks for these. So starting in toddlerhood, social emotional competence. I've mentioned this in a lot of episodes, but it's something that's so important and so helpful and such an important building block starting in toddlerhood, is ripe with opportunity to begin working on emotional intelligence. As we move into preschool and beyond, social skills and emotional competence are the next building blocks. But let's go back to emotion skills. These are the foundation to emotional competence and also to solid social skills. So emotion skills are the ability to connect with and have awareness around our own feelings, what the feeling is, why we are having that feeling, what possibly triggered it, if that feeling is or if the reaction is in alignment with the feeling or if we're misunderstanding something or misunderstanding what happened, being able to stop, breathe and ask questions. But the emotion skills are internal. We don't see that happening. We don't see the child asking themselves or labeling the emotion. Sometimes they will when you teach them this. Sometimes they will state, I am angry. That's their emotion skills. It's awesome. But usually it's internal. However, social skills are the external manifestation of the feelings. So if social skills are on par, we know the emotion skills are solid. If the child is struggling with social skills, if they're having big reactions, we know that the emotion skills underneath are what actually need the work. If they're having big outbursts, if they're grabbing, they're hitting, they have an inability to negotiate and problem solve, especially once they get to the age around four or five. 
They're going to start practicing negotiation and problem solving three and a half, four. Going to do a lot of practice with that. But if they get to be a little older and they're really struggling with this, it's the emotion skills underneath where we need to put the focus. Because what this shows is I'm having trouble handling my big feelings and I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to exhibit them and share them in a way that is more socially appropriate. So these are going to build over time. And with the support and instruction, again, four to five, they're pretty solid, but they're not immune to meltdowns, to struggling with negotiation, to struggle with problem solving. Of course, it's going to happen. They're going to have an outburst. There's going to be some momentary lapses in control where they grab or react rather than act with intention. This is a practice. It's around the age of nine to 10 when we can finally see and expect really solid emotional competence. Emotional competence means they know how to handle feelings of upset in appropriate ways with the appropriate people at appropriate times. These are three pieces and they've got all three of them pretty solid. So they're not getting angry with a sibling because they were upset about a fight with a friend at school. They're not having a little tiny squabble with a sibling. They're turning into something really big because of something that happened somewhere else in their life. Instead, they're handling these in really pro-social ways. They're coming home and maybe they're talking it out with a parent or a caregiver or even a sibling if they're old enough and they have that type of relationship. Talking about it, what happened at school, seeking some feedback and problem solving. So because this topic is really in depth and all these topics are really in depth, if this is something you're struggling with, if this is something you're working on, I have a lot of great episodes that go into some great detail that'll really help you dig in deeper and get some tools for guiding kids to develop really solid emotion skills. So I wanna give you that information so that you can dig deeper into this particular area if this is something you're working on right now. Number 226, big feelings and big meltdowns. Number 245, how to help kids who clam up and kids who go big with emotion. Number 247, big physical reactions to big emotions. Number 291, how to raise emotionally intelligent humans with Alyssa Blask Campbell. She was an amazing guest, gave some great information about developing emotion skills. Number 301, helping kids learn to manage big feelings. Helping your child in developing these social emotional skills is the backbone for healthy, successful relationships and strong coping skills. So if you're currently focusing on independence and responsibility, two of the earliest episodes go into some really nice details. Number 54, raising responsible and independent kids, part one, and 55, raising responsible and independent kids, part two. And number 60, teaching kids to take responsibility. This means for their choices and actions and the outcomes. And number 53, what responsibilities can you expect from a three-year-old? That was a question I got. So it's very specific to three-year-olds, but if you have a three-year-old and you're wondering what responsibilities you can start having your three-year-old take on, that is a great episode that has exactly what you might be looking for. So one of the ways to help kids learn resilience is through a growth mindset. A growth mindset is one where kids see their abilities as something that can improve with effort and focus. They see their intelligence and abilities as something that can expand, that it's not fixed. So the ability to self-reflect and assess what went well and what did not, what they might want to do differently, what they could work on is a skill that has been shown to vastly improve success and happiness in life. If we feel in control, at least to some degree, over our failures and our successes, 
our ability to learn and improve from past mistakes and failures, it gives a feeling of empowerment because we then can make different choices the next time. We can do something differently. That's a growth mindset. I can get better. I can improve at this. Rather than seeing ourselves as a victims of a limited ability, I just can't get any better no matter how hard I try. So they don't try very well or very hard. So research also shows that a growth mindset must be explicitly taught. Even children who spend time around adults with a growth mindset and who exhibit a growth mindset do not tend to pick up on these traits just through modeling alone. It must be explicitly taught. So if this is something you're wanting to work on, episode number 103, Building Resilience in Kids, and number 302, One Simple Tool to Build Self-Esteem, Cooperation, and Growth Mindset are a couple to acquire some of these new skills and tools. So self-confidence or self-esteem is a really important building block for so many areas of life, regardless of the path our children take in life or we ourselves, right? Self-esteem is something we want to give kids an opportunity to build. It can't be given. A lot of times I see memes and things going around that give the idea that we kind of spoon feed our kids self-esteem, that if we just tell them how awesome they are, they're going to feel great about themselves. But that's not the way it works. Self-esteem has to be built. We have to give them opportunities to build self-esteem. And two areas where this comes from is a feeling of being wanted and needed, that they give something to the world, that the world needs something that they provide. So when they help around the house, when they help with the family, when they feel loved and cared for, when they know that their love and care is important to us as parents, that we enjoy that, that it means something to us, that builds self-esteem. The connection is a really important piece of self-esteem as well as building a skill. So when they see that they improve at something, and this also will build the growth mindset, these go hand in hand. So you know, if they start a sport and they see how they improve at the sport, how their skills grow, when they learn to anything with school, reading, right, where they just become better readers over time, where they conquer something that they were struggling with, where one of the great ones that uh, a lot of psychologists like to talk about is musical instruments, because almost no one picks up an instrument and is good at it right off the bat. It's very unusual. Everyone has to practice in order to get better. So it's one of those things that we can see ourselves improve at reading music, getting better at reading music, and being able to read harder music first time through. These are skills and areas where kids can see themselves improve and builds their self-esteem because they can see that with effort and intention that they can actually get better at something. So with some solid self-confidence, as kids go through life, if they know how to build it on their own, and they know how important it is to be able to build it on their own, if they know how important it is to create opportunities in their lives and to set goals and achieve them, they will have a much higher probability of attracting and having higher quality relationships, careers, and life experiences overall. And because this is such an important piece to understand for your child's developing sense of self, I've done a lot of episodes on the topic. So here's the list. If any of these resonate with you for what you want to learn, what you want to try to put into practice, here is a short list of some episodes. All right, number two, we're going to start with number two, how to support and build kids' self-esteem. One of the first episodes I ever did because I felt like it was so important. Number 283, self-esteem, surprising pitfalls and what to do instead. Oh, I missed one. Number 261, self-esteem secrets for success. 
Same one as I talked about with independence and growth mindset. Number 302, a simple tool to build self-esteem, cooperation, growth mindset, and independence. And number 323, critical building blocks of self-confidence. So there's a, a nice block of episodes to check out. So I have created a promo code for anyone who is new, would like to try out the classes. I do have classes in all these areas, of course, in self-esteem, in resiliency, in growth mindset, in building independence and responsible kids, as well as all of the positive discipline classes, which is also just a really important foundation for a strong connection, parent-child, that helps your child in all these areas as well, self-esteem and building resilience and responsibility and independence all on the website, yourvillageonline.com. The promo code for 25% off for the life of your membership is SPRING25. SPRING25, it's only good for the next couple of weeks. So you can check that out on the website, yourvillageonline.com, 60 parenting classes on demand. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.